forget. Take your seats! Please! Please, God! Please, can we just cut? Can we just cut? I've had just about enough of this nonsense. Good afternoon. And the Oscar goes to... Leonardo DiCaprio. You're listening to another episode of Losing It Over Leo, the show where we talk about Leonardo DiCaprio. And today is, of course, as it usually is, a very special episode. Uh, this is where the beginning of our intro comes from. Today we're going to talk about, uh, we're finally going to talk about The Great Gatsby. We're coming to the end of our run, and we are now in 2013, where Leonardo DiCaprio has been cast as one of the greatest characters of American, uh, of American literature, Jay Gatsby himself. Uh, Pierre, you want to you wanna say something about uh, this movie? Or um, I guess what I'm specifically asking is, do you want to tell us what this movie is about? Of course I can. So this movie, directed by Baz Luhrmann, is an uh, adaptation on film of the Great Gatsby book, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And it, it stars Tobey Maguire, who I think this was his like first and last big role after Spider-Man that I can think of, who is sort of he's neighbors with this interesting man named Gatsby that he doesn't really meet at first but this Gatsby throws insanely big parties and everyone talks about him but no one really knows who he is until one day Gatsby himself invites Toby Maguire's character Nick Haraway to a to one of his parties and he is the only person that has ever been invited to Gatsby's and they become friends and uh uh, relationship issues ensue. <laughs> yeah, and this movie is sort of, uh, I guess the story is at least ostensibly a character study of what kind of person Gatsby is and what kind of people he associates with because they make a very big point of the fact that Gatsby, despite the fact that he's, um, you know, extremely rich and hangs out with the extremely rich and throws parties for the extremely rich has a very different mindset to the other extremely rich people that Nick Carraway or uh, Toby Maguire's character knows. Yeah, it's a it's a kind of cool look at, I guess, high society and, and this one man who uh, is, is a very odd part of it. But um, yeah, and in this in this role, uh, Leonardo plays Gatsby, interestingly enough. And I think it's uh, what, what did you think of him in this role? I thought he was fine. I thought he was a good fit for the role. But um, like a lot of other things in this movie, I don't think it was necessarily that interesting. Um, I think that he he played the role very well, but he didn't bring that much to it, if that makes sense. 
Uh, yeah, I agree. I think it, it worked well in terms of meta casting, like really well, because you're, you're basically, you know, I think everyone, especially because the, the poster and like every, all the advertisement was about Leo because he was by far the biggest star in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the weight, the weight and build up to seeing Gatsby himself is actually like really fun and intriguing because you're just like, damn, like, cause everyone's talking about him and building up the hype. And he's this very mysterious guy that seems to have an odd fascination with Tobey Maguire's character, uh, Nick Haraway, even though he seems like a pretty boring dude. Mm-hmm. So like that part's interesting. And then the buildup of slowly discovering who Gatsby is, is cool. But unfortunately, once you get to know him, it kind of starts going downhill because there's no amount of hype that could really make the char- like make the character live up to what everyone was talking about. And yeah, then also it's... there's not much to go from there because in the end, the story ends up becoming relatively pedestrian. It has been a long time since I've read this book and this movie reminded me of how much I really love that book, the book. But um, what I, what I would say is, at least in this adaptation, I don't know, remember if the book has the same issue, but it would be hard to avoid in any adaptation. The most interesting thing about Jay Gatsby is the buildup to finding out who he is. And then afterwards, the mystery of like having seen him, having seen him talk, having known him to some degree and still not really knowing that much about him. And that's where, um, as you're saying, it kind of goes downhill because the more we learn about Gatsby kind of the less interesting he is even though he has lived an actually extraordinary life yeah even well okay so at the start i actually thought gatsby was lying about a lot of it um so i wasn't entirely sure what to buy into however yeah like it it was true but even so it just felt like because it just kind of becomes like a weird love story Mm -hmm. that sort of kind of goes on too long and the characters aren't that likable because um i don't know like gatsby kind of ends up being like a complete like uh like he's just really desperate for for female attention i guess and it's just kind of like sad to see it's not that interesting yeah pretty much all of the characters in this are awful people or gatsby who is a petulant child yeah or nick haraway who's like actually quite normal and it seems to be the only decent character and his his really his flaw is that he is he's the audience surrogate the narrator and he's not he's not supposed to have his own character traits because the movie's not about him so you know we know him well enough but he's not that interesting because he's not supposed to be you're supposed to focus on gatsby yeah, which is fine, but again, I think the more we saw of Gatsby, the less interesting his character became. So mm-hmm. that was unfortunate. Even though, yeah, I'd say Leo did a really good job in the character. It was kind of fun to see him as, at least at first, he was playing it a little comedically, uh, due like due to the um, he was very nervous to talk to this girl that he hadn't seen for a long time, who was Nick Carraway's cousin, mm-hmm. and. That that was like kind of fun to see him like that because you know he's not he's at least at, to this point we haven't really seen him in any goofy roles from what I remember except for maybe Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, I was gonna say this is the closest thing I can think otherwise is he was 
I guess by nature, he was a little awkward in Romeo and Juliet, but not really. This is definitely the first time he's he's 37 at the time this movie comes out and he's playing an awkward teenager. But like as a 32 year old, which I thought, which which was kind of funny. Yeah, it was a cute scene. But yeah, overall, like Leo just can't really carry it. He did his best, but it it's kind of like a reflection of his older, older films where He's doing a great job with the character, but there's only so much he can do with it. I and, think that uh, um, yeah. I liked this movie quite a bit more than The Basketball Diaries, just because I thought this like this movie is just more pleasant to watch. But I think it suffers from a lot of the same problems or similar problems with the writing that The Basketball Diaries did, or maybe maybe not actually the same problems, but it's uh, it, this was the what I'm trying to say is. This is the f- movie that I've seen since The Basketball Diaries that I thought suffered most from the writing. Not necessarily Leo, uh, but just like what he was given. Yeah, I like, I, have, you, have you seen, uh, have you read the book? Yeah, I love the book. I haven't read so, it in a while, so I, I don't want to go too deep into it because like novels have been, not novels, like entire books have been written about this novel. And like, there's so much to dissect, and I do want to dissect some of it, but um, I don't think this is a fantastic adaptation. It's okay. I think oh, it I see. Misses, okay. I think it misses a lot of not not a lot of the point. It just like doesn't explore some aspects of the book as much as it should for an adaptation. Yeah, and then it took some very odd turns in in the movie, like. In terms of a- adaptation, like, for example, the presence of a Jay-Z, Beyonce, and Kanye West song randomly put into the movie, into a 1920s or 1930s uh, setting was just very off-putting for me. It was, um, I actually have a lot to say about that. Um, I thought that was a very good idea executed very poorly. Uh, why would you say that? Because what I think they were trying to get at is they're tr- so this the Great Gatsby. Uh, one of the main themes is just like exorbitant wealth that like people don't even know what to do with, and just showing this showing this life of this vapid life of the ex- of the stupidly rich that um, doesn't really mean anything, and it's just all parties and where they you know become essentially non-people just because there's they're so over the top rich basically that's part of the point that's one of the themes of Gatsby and I thought that um so like one of the Jay-Z songs it plays is hundred dollar bill and uh you know that's (laughs) this is this is grasping at straws but basically what I think is I think that the way that they wanted to portray and like get some of that point across was by using they they wanted to do it using hip hop and they wanted to like have these songs um because they also have like a Kanye song about Kanye being the best which like is a lot of Kanye songs but also like what they're trying to do is they're trying to conflate two lifestyles basically they're trying to use modern day um in the music they're using like modern day expressions of exorbitant wealth to show to and pairing it with exorbitant wealth of the 20s and i thought that um i thought that might have been the idea that they're going for is just that they wanted to use these like rappers that sing about 
how much money they have uh, to sort of show to sort of draw that parallel. Um, the problem is that I don't think they committed to it fully. So musically, like the movie felt a little tonally disjointed because sometimes they would have they'd have Jay Z. Uh, they would have like Kanye and then they would have a really sad Lana Del Rey song. And then they would go back to like straight up film music, like nineties era, normal ass film music, which did not fit very well at all when it came up. Yeah, I agree. As especially because the way Baz Luhrmann filmed the movie was very, I think kind of old fashioned of that. He, he seemed to be like the way he filmed it seemed to be referencing like, old timey like the, the way he would for example shoot a a car scene right it was very obviously for me they were in front of a green screen driving mm-hmm. but i thought that was like an artistic uh choice because it's it felt more like how the, those those scenes and cars were filmed back in the 19 somethings so yeah it was like if he if you committed more to shooting it in a modern way it might have worked better but i mean either way it, it just i don't it really didn't fit the movie for me and then it, i think it made it worse when i saw jay-z was a, a producer on this movie so I, it was it was just like oh okay that makes a lot of sense why he would plug him his wife and like one of his best friends in the in the movie especially since he like came out with an album that year as well i think so i would say that like I mostly agree with what you just said, but I would have been happy if he'd actually done kind of the opposite of what you said. And I am like, I wish that he'd committed to shooting it more old time, even more old timey than he did. But then like pumping the like, as a, but then focusing the music on like an exclusively hip hop soundtrack or something. Cause I think that juxtaposition, I don't know if it necessarily would have worked, but it would have been, really strange and i think that it would have at least made it more clear what he was going for i think i would have really liked it yeah it's true it would have it would have actually been nice if they if they committed more in general that's a sorry go ahead oh i was gonna say that's what this movie reminded me of most is that this is the second time we've watched a baz lerman movie for uh for this series and the first one was romeo and juliet which was really weird and the liberties it took were extremely strange and none of them should have worked. And they all did because he committed fully to everything that he did. Where in this one, he made a lot of choices that I think were interesting and he didn't commit enough to them. Yeah, I, it, it felt half, com- like a lot of the things, it felt like he was being held back, maybe because of the scale of the movie. But like there were some odd choices like with the, like you'd have a scene that that felt very Baz Luhrmann-y with the, for example, the party scene where Tobey Maguire gets drunk for the second time in his life, and he goes, yeah, uh, he goes really crazy. Like that was kind of a cool scene where like they they brought in the Connie music, which still felt jarring, but um, it was like but then it could they have also been an interesting like, artistic choice. And they had the jazz trumpeter outside, which was like very Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, I, I do oddly associate any trumpets with Baz Luhrmann. I don't understand why, <laughs> but it just seems right. And so there was like interesting stuff like that. But then I also like, as the movie went on, we got less artistic things in my opinion happening. 
Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of confusing, I guess, for yeah, why they so, would do that. So by the end, what we have is a fairly dead-looking love story, which to some degree is kind of how the novel progresses. But even at that point, there's a lot in the novel. And I I mean, it doesn't have to be that way in the movie. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't know how much Baz Luhrmann wanted to adapt directly from the novel or like what kind of an adaptation he was looking for. Um, I almost kind of wish he did another Romeo and Juliet where he just brought it into a modern setting. Cause this movie would have worked a lot easier in a modern setting as well. Maybe it would have been very, it would have. Uh, yeah, actually that's really interesting to think about. At least compared um, to like Romeo and Juliet, right? Cause they had, but, but that might've been why he did it as well. Cause it was, much more hard, like harder to do. And Baz Luhrmann seems like the type of guy that doesn't like to make it easy for himself. Say, if you want to talk about bringing something into the modern setting, I think Gatsby would work, but I think it would be very hard. I think it would be much harder to adapt the great Gatsby in a modern setting than to do it real justice as a period piece. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess there was a lot of themes that were like, I guess a place, a part of its time, like such as like Mm -hmm. the roaring twenties and the, Well, actually, well, because like the themes of the classism stuff, like kind of reflect the current times in a way. Oh, all of these themes are still relevant, but I just think there's a lot that you would have to. I really think there's a lot that you would have to rewrite in very clever ways. Not that it couldn't be done. I think it would work really nicely, but it would be really hard. Yeah, that's fair. Especially like with all the the, I, I think there were certain things like, for example, the was it a big brother sign that was like kind of a presence in the movie? No, that was, was it, it was it, like a blue guy with eyes or something like glasses. Yeah, or something that's like. actually that's a, that um, that sign is the cover illustration for The Great Gatsby. It's a very famous painting that, oh, okay. like is exclusively like it was made for the cover of The Great Gatsby. That is I forget the guy's name, but it's a it's an eye doctor. It's a sign for an eye. It's a billboard for an eye doctor somewhere in New York who like, like they just never took it down. I don't know if he stopped paying for it or what happened, but like the billboard is just kind of run down, but it's always watching because no one ever took down the billboard. Oh, I see. That's, that's why they said it's always watching. Yeah. It's just sort of an imposing presence that this, this, uh, the book and the movie too, I guess by extension have a, has a lot of symbolism in it. And that's one of the things like, I'm sure there's entire essays written about just that, uh, just that billboard. I don't know enough from the book to say much about it, but it's sort of, it's, it's kind of, um, when they introduce that sign, even in this movie, like the, all that you've seen of the, of the area they're living in so far is this nice area of Long Island. And then they drive into New York. And the first thing that you see when you're driving into New York is this big imposing sign looking over you as you drive through the poor workers district. So it's very, I think part of it is just that that's such a jarring contrast to the, you know, really nice area that they live in. Oh, I see. Yeah, and so it that's... just sort of reinforces those classism themes. Okay, cool. That that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but did you notice any other like pretty big symbolism uh, parts um, in it, or that might have related to the book as well, or the time period in general? Well, so like this, like I said, the book and the movie have a lot of themes, and I kind of think that a lot of it. Um, 
was ignored in the movie more than it should have been. I'm not going to say that it wasn't there at all, but in the movie, well, in the, in the book and in the movie as well, there's a lot of very subtle, uh, subtle themes of like, there's a lot of subtle commentary on race. Um, a lot of things about classism that aren't like outright stated, but are certainly there. Um, there's, uh, in in the movie, those things come up as well, but they those are things that I'm thinking could have been explored a lot better that weren't. Uh, in particular, one one thing that I I guess like anyone is free to correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, in the book, Jay Gatsby's race is never stated, and he is heavily implied to be a black man who somehow made it really big. Oh. Um, I don't know that F. Scott Fitzgerald actually intended that because he never commented on that to my knowledge, but there is a, uh, it's a very popular Great Gatsby fan theory that Jay Gatsby is actually a very wealthy black man, and that is part of the reason, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but that's part of the reason that, uh, oh, what's her name? Um, Tom Buchanan. Tom Buchanan, uh, the Daisies. Daisy's husband immediately distrusts him. I mean, he distrusts him for a lot of reasons. Most importantly, that he's having an affair with his wife. <laughs> but uh, you know, he's also a very obvious racist in this movie. And so, seeing someone like that being with his wife would infuriate him. Yes, this this would be a rational uh, reaction from him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which makes so sense. So I thought that, like, I mean. I'm not I, I I don't need there to be a great Gatsby movie that necessarily uh explores racism, but I think it would be very cool and I think this could have been the one to do it, especially with, you know, I I don't remember. I don't remember what all Jay-Z has produced, but that seems like something that has been important to him in the past. So it would have been interesting to see them pursue that here. I mean, I guess like can you imagine the Great Gatsby 2013 starring Mahershala Ali? I can't, but I'd like to. That would be nice. I think it... Well, I guess they were worried that it would possibly... I don't know that it ever came up for them, honestly, but... Yeah, I guess. Well, like, so, like, was this, like, kind of, like, a fan theory, or was it, like, heavily also implied by, like, the author, if he ever talked about it? I believe it's a fan theory. There is oh, lots okay, of cool. there's lots of evidence in the book so that it's not actually an out there fan theory. Like it's not yeah. extremely it's not extremely hard to believe. Yeah. But I would say it's probably difficult to believe that that was F Scott Gerald's F Scott Fitzgerald's intention necessarily. Actually. And yeah, I don't believe sense. he ever mentioned it. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, um but otherwise like I what did you think of the the plot in general like did you like how every like things turned out because personally i i really thought the movie was way too long and dragged a lot after like the second act started i guess i was surprised at how long the ending went on up until about the point where uh i guess here's spoilers if you haven't seen this movie or read the book uh at one point um daisy and jay uh, accidentally run over Tom Buchanan's mistress. Uh, she runs into the street and gets hit by their car. And I kind of found that everything after that point dragged quite a bit. Um, because, like, the movie was essentially over at that point. We just hit the climax of the movie. And, like, the movie almost really 
except for the fact that there were one or two more important events that happened, it really could have ended there. Um, I kind of disagree because I, I can't think of, I thought that was more like the end of the second act when that happened. Mm-hmm. Because that was like the main, I guess the main, the main conflict from that, or maybe it ended when, when Leo had the argument or Gatsby had the argument with the, the, the husband. I can't remember his name. Was it Tom? Tom. Tom, yeah. yeah. So I, I personally didn't mind it. And also I thought that was when the movie got interesting again. Mm, um, okay. Because before that, it's just, I hated how it dragged on with the, we understand that Gatsby and, uh, what's her name? Daisy. Daisy. Gatsby and Daisy have, have this, you know, are having the affair. We're basically just waiting for Daisy to say something. And she never really does say anything. So like that, I think that wait is like just really frustrating just because it's unneeded, unneeded tension or it might've, it might've been, it might've been on purpose because I think you kind of grow to dislike Daisy because she's not being straight up with who she is as a person to, to Gatsby and to Tom. And then also the, well, I mean, the, the thing with her is she's, she ends up kind of being an asshole. So that might have been the reason why in the end. Um, but either way, I just, I thought it was pretty lame. Because, like, especially because what the first time they meet, for example, they instantly hit it off, right? So, like, there's no, there's no wondering what's going to happen between them. Because we're assuming that, or in terms of relationship, because we're just going to assume that they, they like each other. There's, there's no, nothing they have to discover about each other or whatever. So, yeah. I didn't, yeah, I personally didn't like that stuff. It's interesting you say that stuff about Daisy because I think um, perhaps that's also a problem with the movie. I think that Daisy's actually a really interesting character. So I, I rewatched this movie just before this podcast. And um, Daisy, the first thing she says is uh, she gives her speech about how she hopes that her daughter will be a fool because being a smart woman is the worst thing that can happen to a woman or something like that. I'm paraphrasing heavily. Um, but essentially that sort of reveals everything you need to know about her character. She feels like she has very little agency over her own life. And then um, when she meets Gatsby, you know, she lights up, she feels alive again. She, you know, enjoys hanging out with him. She's got all these good times. And then where she starts to, kind of devolve a bit again is as soon as Gatsby starts making demands of her which is she needs to tell her husband that he never that she never loved him like she knows everyone knows at this point where this romantic plot is going but she is unable to you know just do what Gatsby says because she it's starting to feel for her I I think like she's losing agency over her own life again and that's all her character wants is you know, she loves the parties because she can do whatever she wants at those parties. What she wants to do is hang out with Gatsby. But as soon as Gatsby, you know, makes a request of her that is as serious as the one it as, you know, breaking up with her husband, she can't do it because this is a major decision that she, even though she wants to, is kind of having to do because someone else told her to. Okay, I, I actually that's actually a really good point. It makes me understand her a little more. And also, I like you said earlier. This this movie would be hard to adapt to, like these times, I guess. And I guess that makes more sense because at the time, a woman's 
role in like society wasn't as well defined or they weren't um, given as much freedom, I guess, to do what they want. So mm -hmm. it might have been why she was really strained to, um, I guess, well, I guess either way, it's, it's hard to end a relationship with someone you've been married to for five years. And Gatsby was being pretty unreasonable in terms of he he seemed he seems to be completely obsessed with this girl mm -hmm. so which is like obviously very unhealthy and then also he needs her to to tell tom that she never loved him like it's it's not even like she used to love him he needs to hear that or else it's like everything was a lie to him so he kind of takes everything in absolutes mm -hmm. which is kind of messed up but he's still like i guess the ending where uh because Gatsby dies, right? And she doesn't really show any emotion to it or like she she doesn't feel any any sadness because in the end she's she's the one that kind of caused Gatsby's death. Uh, and kind of, perhaps yeah. slightly indirectly, but either way like she she's the one that killed the Tom's mistress accidentally, but then she's also the one that didn't tell anyone it was her and let Gatsby take the blame for it. Um and also Tom was the one that kind of got her husband, Tom, who she ends up with. And I'm pretty sure she would know that he basically implied that Gatsby was the one that did it too. Um, got, got Gatsby killed in the end as well. So like in the very end, I, I found it very hard to sympathize with her, which sucks because after the movie, it kind of ends, you realize that none of the characters that seemed all right were decent in any way other than Nick Carraway who's like really boring and you're just kind of left with this like bitter or sad feeling of like why it's kind of like why did I watch this movie because I didn't realize all these characters were complete assholes until the very very end and it's it's kind of I guess interesting for as an audience member because you you kind of catch yourself in that you were cheering for Gatsby and Daisy the whole time until you kind of realize, like, wait, this was like a terrible relationship to begin with. And actually, I think what you're talking about is this movie's strongest point about wealth and class. Because at the end, the characters who get screwed over are the ones who weren't already super rich. Like Gatsby has Gatsby comes from nothing and gets killed just sort of as a result of actions, not even to some degree his own, but not even, he's not even really the cause of his own death. Um, Nick Carraway, uh, you know, comes into this whole thing as an, as an observer, leaves it hating everyone and then goes to a sanitarium. And then the, the people from the poor district that, um, so the, the people from the poor district, there's Tom's mistress who gets run over and then her dad and not her dad, her husband who kills Gatsby and then kills himself. And meanwhile, the only real contrast we have to this is Daisy and Tom and Jordan who all see all this happen. They've had a terrible time and they're just going to, you know, it's over. They can just run away and go into the next thing. Daisy sort of, just resigns herself to, well, I guess I'm with Tom, and they move. Jordan is never seen again, and um, they're all fine because they have money and can just move on to the next thing. And that's also yeah. kind of what Nick Carraway, like comments on in the end is they all just retreat back into their money. Yeah, well, yeah, and then he realizes how, because he was so, at the start, he's so fascinated by the society, right? 
um, and these crazy parties and Gatsby, who is this bigger than life dude until he realizes Gatsby actually is like this, this guy who's too nervous to talk to a, a girl um, and has very little social ability. And, and then he realizes that Tom and Daisy are not as well. They're, they're kind of putting on a show in that they're not as they they're, they're kind of phonies, I guess, because Tom the yeah. whole time is pretending he loves his wife and his mistress at the same time, even though I, it's highly doubtful he really cared about either of them. And then also Daisy, who seemed to, because honestly, I was kind of suspicious from the start that she she seemed fascinated by by Gatsby because of his success rather than who he was. Because they go to his place and she, she seems more in love to me with with the th- the stuff he has in the end and like who he is as a person and that's what made her like more interested in him yeah. um that uh, i'm yeah. kind of, i might be reading into it too much but that's that's the kind of the vibe i got and then also the fact that gatsby for him he felt like he had to gather all this this wealth and and fame just to be able to get her attention yeah i think like just sort of building on that point What's kind of interesting is, um, and Nick Carraway never says it in these exact words, but he sort of, impl- but he's, you know, put hints towards it. Gatsby is the only one who's obviously putting on a show from the start. He lies about everything. He has, like, no one knows where his wealth comes from because he's told three or four different lies about it to different people. Um, his, ev- everything about his life is a lie, but the entire reason he did that was for, in his, was in his mind, just, for the love of this girl. And then everyone else seems honest at first because, you know, uh, Tom went to an Ivy League school and became a respectable businessman. Um, Daisy and Jordan don't have any specific reason to lie about their lives, I guess. But then at the end, you know, Gatsby, even though he's the one who's the obvious liar the whole time, is the most honest among them because he's the only one that is a real person where everyone else is just phonies as you said. Yeah. And it's, it's really, the, the process is actually like really sickening to watch. That's why I, I think this movie, well, I mean, I, it's based off the book, obviously. And like the book is really mm-hmm. good from what I've heard. So it has so much potential baked into it. I actually wish we had a different director handle it because I think if it toned down the, the stylishness of it, we could have e- more easily felt these themes. Um, because in the end, like you were right, if I think Lerman, Baz Lerman at the start is more, uh, I think his style works because he's showing the extravagance of, of basically like the rich lifestyle. And then slowly the movie settles down and becomes more normal in terms of uh, filming because we're realizing how grounded this world actually is. And it's not as exciting as once thought. Mm-hmm. So, like in terms of like the excitement, it's good, but I, I I find that the themes weren't able to stick out as much because of his directing style, and yeah. in in some ways, and we never really got some real intimate scenes. Like we, I, I would have been nice if we got some more real scenes with Gatsby. Like I don't know if there's any good conversations with him in the book, but it because it feels like we never really got a good look at Gatsby, even though he's by far like he probably has like maybe the third most screen time in the movie, I would say. Mm-hmm. 
So that's that's kind of a shame. Like I, I wish maybe like someone like Scorsese take a crack at this. I thought that I thought that might be interesting, and taken these themes and truly solidified them as uh, as like being the core of the movie. Whereas it it almost felt to me it it sort of felt like a on the side and not as important. Even though I think the themes are by far the most interesting part of this movie. Yeah, I think. I think there's a very good, you know, in an alternate universe, I think there's a very good version of this that Baz Luhrmann still directed because I think that The Great Gatsby is a nuanced enough book that you can take any combination of the, of themes in this and, like, blow them all out or, you know, focus on any or all of them. And this one, I'm not going to say this focused on too many of the themes. I think it did an okay job and, like, we got an okay movie. But I think yeah. that in the ideal Baz Luhrmann version of this, this would just be an entire a movie centered entirely on. It, it would be a huge satire of like greed and extravagance and wealth and classism, and he would just go balls to the wall insane with the extravagance. And I think that that is what this should have been from Baz Luhrmann. Another director can do a very good take on the ga- on the Great Gatsby for sure, but I think that there is a good version of Baz Luhrmann, and it's you know pump up the extravagance to about a twelve. Uh, I wonder if because this movie actually had a pretty high budget, right? One hundred and five million, which is yeah. I mean, there's more, but like that's that's pretty big. Yeah, it is. It is pretty big. That's probably why he because I feel like he was restrained a lot by the studios to 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 make the movie in a certain way which is unfortunate because yeah it, it definitely felt like it, it was held back and it, it lacked the true heart of romeo and juliet in his style and which is um unfortunate but yeah like like there there were some cool there were some cool shots and stuff did you notice at the start like the editing was done very odd i think it's before you meet gatsby but like there's so many shots where the character actually isn't on camera when they're talking and like they'll sometimes be like 20 cuts in like 15 seconds or something like that it was Um, very jarring i don't know if this is the same thing you're thinking of but also well before we met gatsby uh i noticed that a lot of it was filmed very much like 90s period pieces or not even necessarily period pieces but like those big 90s movies where this is where I was talking about the soundtrack sounding like old film stuff or old 90s film music because like they have these big uh, shots where they just show like a big villa and it looks so nice and they layer it with like really really pleasant film music and there's a guy on a horse uh, you know shooting a polo ball and like that's that's not exactly the same thing you're talking about, but that never happened again, really. So there's a lot of weird, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the beginning, like just shooting wise that never really happens again, because what you're talking about doesn't happen again either. Yeah, it completely dies out, which like, I didn't love it, but at least I thought it was interesting. So, which I can't say the same for like later in the movie. I thought the cinematography and filming was like relatively basic. So, yeah, but like, yeah, overall, like it's I would say it's a pretty relatively enjoyable movie. I, I think it had a lot of potential that it didn't grasp. Um, but I, I liked I th- I'd say I liked it more than I expected. So 
Yeah, I but I probably I'd say in the end I'd give this movie like a, a five, maybe a maybe a four, four point five, something like that. I think I'm gonna say a five. I did like this movie a lot more than well, I didn't like this movie as much as I'd remembered liking it. I did like this movie actually quite a bit, but a lot of the reason I liked this movie is because it reminded me of how much I liked the book. Like as I was watching it just before this, I actually went over into my room to see if I still have the book. And I do not have it with me, unfortunately. Maybe I still have it somewhere. But like, this is a really good book and I want to read it again because you can read it in like two days. Um, but Oh, uh, is it that short? How many pages it's, is it? It's really short. Like when you were saying you don't know if there's other, uh, um, if there's other conversations that get more to the heart of Gatsby, there might not be. This might have like they would have to invent other conversations for this movie. It's very short. It's like 120 pages. Oh, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, this it's such a good book. And the movie is a decent adaptation. Like, it's, it's fine. Uh, I don't know that... I think that there's a better adaptation that has yet to be made. And um, hopefully we see that eventually. Yeah, I agree. It would be nice to say. Um, but in terms of Leo, I, I think it was an interesting role for him to take. I Oddly enough, I, I can't really see that many other people that could have done this role. He just He really did actually own it, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. And his charisma was pretty infectious, at least at the start. Like, for the first half of it, it, it was doing really good. So, um, yeah, for Leo, I'd, I'd, I'd also say probably, like, a five, um, maybe I'm- a six is like it was it was a fun role he doesn't usually it felt like a like a casual role for him too like he wasn't entirely needing to get an oscar nomination for this which is kind of refreshing because usually he puts in these like jaw drop he he, all right yeah usually he performs like jaw dropping um performances but this was more casual more fun it was enjoyable so i give maybe a leo scale like a oh yeah i said five sorry yeah I was going to say, I'm going to be honest, the only other person that I can think of off the top of my head who I think could do a really good Jay Gatsby, and it would be a very different Jay Gatsby, but really the only other person I can think of is Mahershala Ali. <laughs> That'd he'd be, be cool, very, yeah. He'd be very different, but I've, I've seen Mahershala Ali pull off super confident. I've also seen him pull off like extravagant, and I've seen him pull off super awkward. So like, I know he can do all those three things, uh, it'd be really strange to see him as Gatsby, but I think he could do it. Yeah, there you go. Um, um, maybe maybe if they end up doing a, another great Gatsby where they do, you know, explore some of those more um, cryptic themes, the ones that aren't as obvious. But anyway, I would say, yeah, uh, the movie, I'd give it like a five. And I think, yeah, I'm going to give Leo like a five out of 10 here as well. He was good. Uh, I really enjoyed seeing him in this. I don't think he did anything extraordinary. He was just a very good pick for the role. It also there wasn't really much. It, he might have shown more because honestly, the rest of the acting was pretty mediocre as well, in my opinion. So, uh, not much competition for him here. But uh, yeah. Anyways, what what is our next movie in in our Leo Leo watch? So I'm really excited for this next one because this is the only other one I remember. Several episodes ago, I was like, there's only one I can see getting a 10 out of 10. And then I gave Inception a 10 out of 10. That was not the one I thought. (laughs) It's actually the next one, which is our return to Martin Scorsese. We're going to talk about The Wolf of Wall Street, which is 
maybe one of my favorite movies. It's so good. I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I oddly enough, despite this being like relatively late in his career, this is probably the movie Leo is most well known for, at least from like this generation, if that makes sense. I'd say before was probably like Titanic, but right really? now, yeah. like whenever I hear someone talk about Leo, it's always like Wolf of Wall Street every time. Yeah, I was going to say, because like up until that point, you know, he'd been in some crazy stuff. He'd been in Inception by that point. And like up until then, it was still, oh, he's the guy from Titanic. And like, that's not him anymore. I mean, he still is, but I definitely hear Wolf of Wall Street a lot more now. Yeah, exactly. And it's just a very good, like, it's, I'd say it's Scorsese at his peak. And then also you have some amazing like side characters, um, actors and stuff like that. And I, I think it appeals to all kinds of ages and film like interests, if that makes sense. Like it's a comedy, it's dramatic, it's it's goofy, it's weird, it's but it's just really good all around. But yeah, it's uh, I'm very excited to watch it. Probably going to be in my fifth time or something, but it's always like a treat. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've, I don't know if I've seen it that many times, but I'm excited to see it for, I don't know, my second time, third time. Definitely more more than my second time. Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll see you next time with The Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street next. <laughs>